Exile, Chapter 13 A Little Place to Call Home Enough, enough! The winded burrow warden gasped at Drizzt, trying to slow his companion. Maga Kamara, Dark Elf, we have left them far behind! Drizzt spun on the burrow warden, scimitars ready in hand and angry fires burning still in his lavender eyes. Belwar backed away, quickly and cautiously. "'Calm, my friend,' the Surf Neblin said quietly, but despite the reassurance, the burrow warden's mithril hands came defensively in front of him. "'The threat to us is ended.' Drizzt breathed deeply to steady himself, then, realizing that he had not put his scimitars away, promptly slipped them into their sheaths. "'Are you all right?' Belwar asked, moving back to Drizzt's side. Blood smeared the drow's face from where he had slammed into the side of the walkway. Driz nodded. "'It was the fight,' he tried vainly to explain. "'The excitement.' I had to let go of... You do not need to explain. Belwar cut him short. You did fine, dark elf. Better than fine. Had it not been for your actions, we, all three, surely would have fallen. It came back to me. Drizzt groaned, searching for the words that could explain. That darker part of me. I thought it was gone. It is gone, the burrow warden said. No, argued Drizzt. That cruel beast that I've become possessed me fully against those birdmen. It guided my blades savagely and without mercy. You guided your own blades, Belwar assured him. But the rage, replied Drizzt, the unthinking rage... All I wanted to do was kill them and hack them down. If that was the truth, we would still be there, reasoned the Svartneblin. By your actions, we escaped. There are many more of the birdmen back there to be killed, yet you led the way from the chamber. Rage? Perhaps, but surely not unthinking rage. You did as you had to do, and you did it well, Dark Elf. Better than anyone I have ever seen. Do not apologize to me or to yourself. Driz leaned back against the wall to consider the words. He was comforted by the Deep Gnome's reasoning and appreciated Belwar's efforts. Still, though, the burning fires of rage he'd felt when Gwenhaver fell into the acid lake haunted him, an emotion so overwhelming that Drizzt had not yet come to terms with it. He wondered if he ever would. In spite of his uneasiness, though, Drizzt felt comforted by the presence of his Svrfneblin friend. He remembered other encounters of the last years, battles he'd been forced to fight alone. Then, like now, the hunter had welled within him, had come to the fore and guided the deadly strikes of his blades. But there was a difference this time that Drizzt could not deny. Before, when he was alone, the hunter did not so readily depart. Now, with Belwar by his side, Drizzt was fully back in control. Drizzt shook his thick white mane, trying to dismiss any last remnants of the hunter. He thought himself foolish now for the way he'd begun to battle against the birdmen, slapping with the flat of his blades. 
He and Belwar might be in the cavern still if Drist's instinctive side had not emerged, if he'd not learned of Gwenhyver's fall. He looked at Belwar suddenly, remembering the inspiration of his anger. The statuette, he cried. You have it? Belwar scooped the item out of his pocket. Maga Kamara! Belwar exclaimed. His round-toned voice edged with panic. Mighty Panther be wounded! What effect would the acid have against Glenhyver? Might the panther have escaped to the astral plane? Driz took the figurine and examined it in trembling hands, taking comfort in the fact that it was not marred in any way. Driz believed that he should wait before calling Gwenhyver. If the panther was injured, it surely would need time to rest in its own plane of existence. But Driz could not wait to learn of Gwenhyver's fate. He placed the figurine down on the ground at his feet and called out softly. Both the drow and the Shriftbloodland sighed audibly when the mist began to swirl around the Ankh's figurine. Belwar took out his enchanted brooch to better observe the cat. A dreadful sight awaited them. Obediently, faithfully, Gwenhyver came to Driz's summons. But as soon as the drow saw the panther, he knew that he should have left Gwenhyver alone so that it might lick its wounds. Gwenhyver's silken black coat was burned and showing more patches of scalding skin than fur. Once sleek muscles hung ragged, burned from the bone, and one eye remained closed and horribly scarred. Gwenhyver stumbled, trying to get to Driz's side. Driz rushed to Gwenhyver instead, dropping to his knees and throwing a gentle hug around the panther's neck. Gwen, he mumbled. Will it heal? Belwar asked softly, his voice nearly breaking apart on every word. Driz shook his head at a loss. Truly, he knew very little about the panther beyond its abilities and his companionship. Drizzt had seen Gwenhyver wounded before, but never this seriously. Now he could only hope that the magical extraplanular properties would allow Gwenhyver to recover fully. Go back home, Drizzt said. Rest and get well, my friend. I will call you in a few days. Perhaps we can give some aid now, Belwar offered. Driz knew the futility of such actions. Gwenhyver will better heal at rest, he explained as the cat dissipated into the mist again. We can do nothing for Gwenhyver that will carry over to the other plane. Being here in our world taxes the panther's strength. Every minute takes a toll. Gwenhyver was gone, and only the figurine remained. Driz picked it up and studied it for a long time before he could bear to drop it back into his pocket. A sword flicked the bedroll up into the air, then slashed and cut beside its sister blade until the blanket was no more than a tattered rag. Zach Nefane glanced down at the silver coins on the floor. Such an obvious dupe, but the camp and the prospect of Drizzt returning to it had kept Zach Nefane at bay for several days. Drizduarden was gone, and he'd taken great pains to announce his departure from Blingdenstone. The spirit wraith paused to consider this new bit of information, and the necessity of thought, of tapping into the rational being that Zachnafane had been on more than an instinctive level, brought the inevitable conflict between this undead animation and the spirit of the being it held captive. Back in her anteroom, Matron Malice Duarden felt the struggle within her creation. In Zin Carla, control of the spirit wraith remained the responsibility of the matron mother that the Spider Queen graced with the gift. 
Malice had to work hard at the appointed task, had to spit off a succession of chants and spells to insinuate herself between the thought processes of the spirit wraith and the emotions of the soul of Zach Nefane Duarten. The spirit wraith lurched as he felt the intrusions of Malice's powerful will. It proved to be no contest. In barely a second, the spirit wraith was studying the small chamber Drizzt and one other being, probably a deep gnome, had disguised as a campsite. They were gone now, ten days out, and no doubt moving away from Blingdenstone with all speed. Probably, the spirit wraith reasoned, moving away from Menzo Baranzen as well. Zack Nefane moved outside the chamber into the main tunnel. He sniffed one way, back east toward Menzo Baranzen, then turned and dropped into a crouch and sniffed again. The location spells Malice had imbued upon Zack Nefane could not cover such distances, but the minute sensations the spirit wraith received from the inspections only confirmed his suspicions. Drizzt had gone west. Zach Nefane walked off down the tunnel, not the slightest limp evident from the wound he'd received at the end of the goblin's spear, a wound that would have crippled a mortal being. He was more than a ten-day behind Drizzt, maybe two, but the spirit wraith was not concerned. His prey had to sleep, had to rest, had to eat. His prey was flesh and mortal and weak. What manner of being is it? Driz whispered to Belwar as they watched the curious bipedal creature filling buckets in a fast-running stream. This entire area of the tunnel was magically lighted, but Driz and Belwar felt safe enough in the shadows of a rocky outcropping a few dozen yards from the sloping robed figure. A man, Belwar replied, human from the face. He is a long way from home, Drizzt remarked, yet he seems comfortable in his surroundings. I would not believe that a surface dweller would survive in the Underdark. It goes against the teachings I received in the Academy. Probably a wizard, Belwar reasoned. That would account for the light in this region, and it would account for his being here. Drizzt looked at the Shrifnobin curiously. A strange lot are wizards. Belwar explained, as though the truth was self-evident. Human wizards even more than the others, so I've often heard tell. Draw wizards practice for power. Surf Neblin wizards practice the arts to better know the stone. But human wizards... The deep gnome went on, obvious disdain in his tone. Maga Kamara, Dark Elf. Human wizards are a different lot altogether. Why do human wizards practice the art of magic at all? Drizzt asked. Belwar shook his head. I do not believe that any scholars have yet discovered the reason, he replied in all sincerity. A strange and dangerously unpredictable race are the humans, and better to be left alone. You have met some? A few, Belwar shuddered, as though the memory was not a pleasant one. Traders from the surface, ugly things and arrogant. The whole of the world is only for them by their thinking. The resonant voice rang out a bit more loudly than Belwar had intended, and the robed figure by the stream cocked his head in the companion's directions. Coming out, little rodents, the human called in a language that the companions could not understand. The wizard reiterated the request in another tongue. Then in Drow, then in two more unknown tongues, and then in Surfneblin. 
He continued Alan for many minutes, Drizzt and Belwar looking at each other in disbelief. He is a learned man, Drizzt whispered to the deep gnome. Rats, probably, the human muttered to himself. He glanced around, seeking some way to flush out the unseen noisemakers, thinking that the creatures might provide a fine meal. Let us learn if he is friend or foe, Driz whispered, and he started to move out from the concealment. Belwar stopped him and looked at him doubtfully, but then, with no recourse other than his own instincts, he shrugged and let Driz move on. Greetings, human, so far from home, Driz said in his native language, "'stepping out from behind the outcropping. "'The human's eyes went hysterically wide, "'and he pulled roughly on his scraggly white beard. "'You isn't a rat!' "'He shrieked in strained but understandable drow. "'No,' Drizzt said. "'He looked back to Belwar, who was moving out to join him. "'Thieves!' the human cried. "'Coming to steal my home, is you?' "'No,' Drizzt said again. "'Go away!' The human yelled, waving his hands as a farmer would to shoe chickens. Gettin', go on quickly now! Drizzt and Belwar exchanged curious glances. No, Driz said a third time. This is my home, stupid dark elven, the human spat. Did I asking you to come here? Did I set a letter inviting you to join me in my home? "'Or perhaps you and your ugly little friend "'simply consider it your duty to welcome me to the neighborhood.' "'Careful, Drow,' Belwar whispered to the human rambling on. "'He's a wizard for sure, and a shaky one, even by human standards.' "'Or oh, maybe but the Drow and the Deep Gnome races fear me,' "'the human mused, more to himself than the intruders. "'Yes.' Of course, they have heard that I, Brister Fendelstick, decided to take up the corridors of the Underdark and have joined forces to protect themselves against me. Yes, yes, it all seems so clear and so pitiful to me now. I have fought wizards before, Drizzt replied to Belwar under his breath. Let us hope that we can settle this without blows. Whatever must happen, though. "'Know that I have no desire to return the way that we came.' "'Belwar nodded his grim agreement as Driz turned back to the human. "'Perhaps we can convince him simply to let us pass,' Driz whispered. "'The human trembled on the verge of an explosion. "'Fine!' he screamed suddenly. "'Then do not get in the way!' Drizzt saw his error in thinking that he might reason with this one. "'The drow started forward, meaning to close in before the wizard could launch his attack.' But the human had learned to survive in the Underdark, and his defenses were in place long before Drizzt and Belwar ever appeared around the rocky outcropping. He waved his hands and uttered a single word that the companions could not understand. A ring on his finger glowed brightly and loosed a tiny ball of fire up into the air between him and the intruders. "'Welcome to my home, then!' the wizard yelled triumphantly. "'Play with this!' He snapped his fingers and vanished." Drizzt and Bauer could feel the explosive energy gathering around the glowing orb. "'Run!' the Burrow Warden cried, and he turned to flee. In Blingenstone, most of the magic was illusory, designed for defense. But in Menzoberranzan, where Drizzt had learned of magic, the spells were undeniably offensive. Drizzt knew the wizard's attack. 
and he knew that in these narrow and low corridors, flight would not be an option. No, he cried, and he grabbed the back of Belwar's leather jack and pulled the deep gnome along straight toward the glowing orb. Belwar knew to trust in Drizzt, and he turned and ran willingly beside his friend. The burrow warden understood the drow's plan as soon as his eyes managed to tear away from the spectacle of the orb. Driz was making for the stream. The friends dived headlong into the water, bouncing and scraping on the stones just as the fireball exploded. A moment later, they rose up from the steaming water, wisps of smoke rising from the backs of their clothing, which had not been submerged. They coughed and sputtered, for the flames had temporarily stolen the air from the chamber, and the residual heat from the glowing stones nearly overwhelmed them. "'Humans!' Belwar muttered grimly. He pulled himself from the water and shook vigorously. Driz came out behind him and couldn't hide his laughter. The deep gnome, though, found no levity at all in the situation. "'The wizard?' he pointedly reminded Drizzt. Drizzt dropped into a crouch and glanced nervously all around. They set off at once. Home, Belwar proclaimed a couple of days later. The two friends looked down from a narrow ledge at a wide and high cavern that housed an underground lake. Behind them was a three-chambered cave with only a single tiny entrance, easily defensible. Driz climbed the ten or so feet to stand by his friend on the topmost ledge. Possibly, he tentatively agreed, though we left the wizard only a few days' walk from here. Bah! Forget the human, Belwar snarled, glancing over at the burn mark on his precious jack. And I'm not so fond of having a large pool only a few feet from our door, Driz continued. With fish it is filled, the burrow warden argued, and with mosses and plants that will keep our bellies full, and water that seems clean enough. But such an oasis will attract visitors, reasoned Drizzt. We would find little rest, I fear. Bauer looked down the sheer wall to the floor of the large cavern. Never a problem, he said with a snicker. The bigger ones cannot get up here, and the smaller ones, well, I have seen the cut of your blades, and you have seen the strength of my hands. About the smaller ones, I shall not worry. Driz liked the Shrifneblin's confidence, and he had to agree that they would find no other place suitable for use as a dwelling. Water, hard to find, and more often than not, undrinkable, was a precious commodity in the dry underdark. With the lake and the growth about it, Drizzt and Belvoir would never have to travel far to find a meal. Drizzt was about to agree, but then a movement down by the water caught his and Belvoir's attention. "'And crabs!' spouted the Shrift Neblin, obviously not having the same reaction to the sight as the drow. Mega Kamara, Dark Elf! Crabs! A fine meal, as ever you will find. Indeed, it was a crab that slipped out of the lake, a gigantic twelve-foot monster with pincers that could snap a human, or an elf, or a gnome, fully in half. Driz looked at Belwar incredulously. A meal? he asked. Belwar's smile rolled right up around the crinkled nose as he banged his hammer and pick hands together. They ate crab meat that night, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that, and Driz soon was quite willing to agree that the three-chambered cave by the underground lake made a fine home. The spirit wraith paused to consider the red glowing field. 
In life, Zach Nefane Duarden would have avoided such a patch, respecting the inherent dangers of odd glowing rooms and illuminating mosses. But to the spirit wraith, the trail was clear. Drizzt had come this way. The spirit wraith waded in, ignoring the noxious puffs of deadly spores that shot up at him from every step, choking spores that filled the lungs of unfortunate creatures. But Zach Nefane did not draw breath. Then came the rumbling, as the grubber rushed to protect its domain. Zach Nefane fell into a defensive crouch, the instincts of the being he'd once been sensing the danger. The grubber rolled into the glowing mouse patch, but noticed no intruder to chase away. It moved in anyway, thinking that a meal of Baruchis might not be such a bad thing. When the grubber reached the center of the chamber, the spirit wraith let his levitation spell dissipate. Zach Nefane landed on the monster's back, locking his legs fast. The grubber thrashed and thundered about the room, but Zach Nefane's balance did not waver. The grubber's hide was thick and tough, able to repel all but the finest of weapons, which Zach Nefane possessed. "'What was that?' Belwar asked one day, stopping his work on the new door blocking their cave opening. Down by the pool, Drizzt apparently had heard the sound as well for he had dropped the helmet he was using to fetch some water and had drawn both scimitars. He held a hand up to keep the burrow warden silent, then picked his way back to the ledge for a quiet conversation. The sound, a loud, clacking noise, came again. "'You know it, Dark Elf?' Belwar asked softly. Drizzt nodded. "'Hook horrors,' he replied, possessing the keenest hearing in all the Underdark." Drizzt kept his recollections of the soul encounter with this type of monster to himself. It had occurred during a patrol exercise, with Drizzt leading his academy class through the tunnels outside of Menzoberranzan. The patrol came upon a group of giant bipedal creatures with exoskeletons as hard as plated metal armor and powerful beaks and claws. The drow patrol, mostly through Drizzt's exploits, had won the day. But what Driz remembered most keenly was his belief that the encounter had been an exercise planned by the masters of the academy, and that they had sacrificed an innocent drow child to the hook horror for the sake of realism. Let us find them, Driz said quietly but grimly. Belwar paused to catch his breath when he saw the dangerous manner in the drow's lavender eyes. Hook horrors are dangerous rivals, Driz explained, noticing the deep gnome's hesitation. We cannot allow them to roam this region. Following the clacking noises, Drizzt had little trouble closing in. He silently picked his way around the final bend with Belwar close by his side. In a wider section of the corridor stood a single hook horror, banging its heavy claws rhythmically against the stone as a Surfneblin miner might use his pickaxe. Drizzt held Belwar back, indicating that he could dispatch the monster quickly if he could sneak in without being noticed. Belwar agreed but remained poised to join in at the first opportunity or need. The hook horror, obviously engaged in its game with the stone wall, did not hear or see the approaching stealthy drow. Drizzt came right in beside the monster, looking for the easiest and fastest way to dispatch it. He saw only one opening in the exoskeleton, a slit between the creature's breastplate and its wide neck. Getting a blade in there would be a bit of a problem, though, for the hook horror was nearly ten feet tall. But the hunter had found the solution. He came in hard and fast at the hook horror's knee, butting with both his shoulders and bringing his blades up into the creature's crotch. The hook horror's legs buckled, and it tumbled back over the drow, 
As agile as any cat, Drizzt rolled out and sprang on top of the felled monster, both his blades coming tip in at the slit of the armor. He could have finished the hook horror at once. His scimitars easily could have slipped through the bony defenses. But Drizzt saw something, terror, on the hook horror's face. Something in the creature's expression that should not have been there. He forced the hunter back inside, took control of his swords, and hesitated for just a second. Long enough for the hook horror, to Drizzt's absolute amazement, to speak in clear and proper drow language. Please do... Not kill me.